This is The Premise, and I'm your host, Chad Thompson. Chad Thompson's the host. I'm the host. (laughs) I'm Jennifer Thompson. And I'm Chad Thompson, the host. (laughs) Today on The Premise, Chad and I are talking to Marika Flatt, co-founder of PR by the Book, an internationally known book publicity firm with more than 15 years in the biz. She is also an educator, a travel writer, wife. In fact, her husband is her business partner. Shout out to Doug. And she is a mother of three beautiful kids. Marika, welcome to The Premise. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So much fun. What a nice shout out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I had to give a shout out to Doug. Uh, he taught me how to dance uh, years ago. We were in Texas. Do you remember that? We That's were at some right. bar. I think I it was do. called the White Horse. Yes, yes. That place is so fun. But I haven't been there back was a, since. <laughs> there was this awesome uh, hillbilly band. It was so good. And there was a woman in there and she had a possum with her, like in a baby oh. Bjorn thing. <laughs> Seriously? That's yeah, right. yeah. And Doug and I, I think Doug and I were at the bar getting everyone drinks and we're like, that woman has a possum in a baby Bjorn. <laughs> That's different. Weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. it was, but Doug taught me how to dance. Swing dance. Is that the right yes. phrase? Is it swing? Yes. Yeah. That's right. And he's an excellent dancer. Shout yes. out to Doug and his, yep. his, his two-step dance and ways. That's right. He swept me off my feet in that, in that fashion. Did he really tell us more? <laughs> we would go dancing a lot um, in college where I met him. So yeah, I I liked that he knew how to dance. And you went to Texas A&M, right? That's right. Giga. Cool. Cool. Well, that's uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is after college, you started at a boutique literary firm. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, I just feel like I was given the greatest opportunity because it was a very small company. It was basically the owner and another publicist and myself um, when I was hired. And so in that situation, it's really very much sink or swim. You either Mm. (laughs) learn it quickly and you learn everything, you know, you're cross-trained in every part of the business. Um, so you either, like I said, sink or swim. And, um, so I just feel very lucky that I had that experience because I was able to learn from a very talented publicist, um, who owned that company, who I'm still friends with today. And, um, you know, she eventually ended up selling her business and getting out of book publicity, um, because she wanted, she had other passions that she wanted to pursue. And so it was shortly after she sold the business that, um, I founded PR by the book and, um, you know, left that company because, uh, it was just very different from what Mm -hmm. it had started out being, um, in Mm -hmm. that kind of evolution. And, uh, so yeah, it all worked out perfectly because I was able to get in and learn a lot. I mean, I knew the media because, I had had experience behind the scenes with media outlets up to that point. And I knew 
that I loved books and loved telling people about books. And so it was really a neat combination of learning, oh, wow, there's a thing <laughs> called a book publicist. Right, right. This? And uh, so, yeah, I just really lucked out. Right place at the did, right time. Did you always know that you wanted to go into, well, actually, what did you want to be when you were in elementary school? Well, I'll tell you, up until the time I was just about to graduate from college, I was planning to go into TV. And really? I wanted to be on the street as a reporter. I mean, I would have been happy to be an anchor also, but I loved right. the process of covering the story and interviewing people and being in front of the camera and all of that. But I had gotten several pieces of experience leading up to that point from being um, a host of a little show on a cable network called the Teen Report when I was 18. And that led into a similar show on the same channel called the College Report. And then I interned at an NBC affiliate. I worked um, as a production assistant at another um, TV channel where I was going to school. And so I had a lot of experience kind of seeing behind the scenes of what it was like up to that point. And honestly, by the time I graduated and had all of those experiences, I realized that I enjoyed the PR part more the because, yeah. you know, I always tell people internships tell you what you do want to do and what you don't want to do. And I had that experience early enough on before my senior year in college where I actually got to go out on a daily basis with the TV reporters and deal with the PR people. And I really enjoyed that. Hmm. And um, so that kind of opened my eyes to the PR side of things. And, you know, that's kind of how it all just ended up evolving from there. Yeah. You know, that's funny. I don't know if you knew this, but I went to school to be a journalist as well. And in fact, I did want to be an anchor. I wanted to be the next Diane Sawyer. Oh, I love it. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we after I was... Show. What's that? We need to start our own show. Kind yeah, of like, exactly. Um, bring it, bring it back, Ryan. right? Yeah. Like live with <laughs> yeah. Kelly and Ryan, but totally. live with Jennifer and Marika. Yeah. That'll be our, that'll be our next thing mm -hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think we need to tell our listeners that you're also a travel writer. So you mm -hmm. did end up using some of the writing mm -hmm. know-how from yep. college. I'm, I'm wildly curious. You're, you're a wife. And in fact, you're in business with your husband. You have three kids. You're a travel writer. You also just launched Author to Influence, Influencer Accelerator, a program mm -hmm. that we'll talk about in a little bit. And you're a publicist. Mm -hmm. How in the world do you manage and balance all of that? Well, I work seven days a week. <laughs> mm, of course but you I do. Don't Funny thing about self-employment. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really mind it because I love what I do on both sides of it. And, um, you know, I also have the flexibility to, um, you know, get some relaxation in here, in there, you know, here and there when it works for my schedule. So working seven days a week for me isn't, you know, as arduous as it might be for somebody else. So, mm -hmm. um, and luckily, you know, my kids are a little bit older now, so, um, I couldn't have done all of this when they were little, little people, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I would not have worked. <laughs> and so, your youngest is 12 now. Is that right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have one in college. 
Wow. I can't even believe she's in college. That kind of blows my mind, actually. Mm -hmm. It does me too, on a daily basis. You're like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) But now you're no longer a taxi service. That's right. Yeah. Well, my middle child also has wheels because he's 16. So that has been great because he, he's the soccer player and he gets himself to school and back and, you know, to soccer and all that good stuff. So I really only have one that I have to taxi around. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us, you know, what is it like having your own business and working alongside your husband? <laughs> How long do you have? <laughs> uh, we got all day, know. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and I think... I think it's different for, you know, I think you're the kind of couple who either you, that, like that brings you closer together and it strengthens your relationship or, or you just can't do it. it drives a wedge between it. Right. Or you just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but for you and Doug, like how has how that, how has the process been? Cause you opened up PR by the book together, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a little over 17 years ago. And, um, you know, so I don't even remember what it was like not working with him, honestly. I mean, it's (laughs) just been so long that we have that I don't remember the difference. Um, Mm. And so, you know, honestly, um, of course, it has its challenges because for one thing, um, you know, you don't turn it off. You don't leave the office and, you know, then come home and like, Oh, you know, tell me about your day or, you know, let's talk about something else. You know, it's like, you're always talking about the business it seems like. And so I think that that's a challenge just, you know, have time where you're not talking about work. I mean, we actually had to come up with a rule for ourselves (laughs) that we didn't talk about work at the dinner table because we would find ourselves with our three kids sitting around the dinner table and something would come up and we'd be talking about work and, you know, we just, we couldn't do that anymore. So do the, you know, do you think the kids were were irritated by that? Did they show some displeasure and like it's always more yes. oh, with you guys? Dad. Yes, exactly. Yes, let's. They were like, let's talk about us. <laughs> right, of course. But, <laughs> um, so you know, it definitely has its challenges. I do think that we complement each other really well on running a business together because he has a business background and a marketing degree, and so you know he can handle the business side of things where I like to be more creative and be out on the front and be generating ideas and um, working with people. And so we balance each other out in that way. You're the great connector, Marika. You, you connect people. And that's one of my passions. Just I've always, and it's funny because our daughter is, we say she's my mini me and she is she totally is like (laughs) that. I mean, she is so funny because it's like watching my, 18, 19 year old self all over again in so many Mm. different ways. But she's like that. She loves connecting people. She loves bringing people together. She loves being the organizer and making sure it all happens. And so, yeah, it's, it's funny because now I'm watching her with those traits, but yeah, it's just definitely a passion that I have. And I I actually can't turn it off. (laughs) I, (laughs) at one point, that's good though. That way it wouldn't be authentic if, you know, if, if that were the case, if you were turning it on and off and it is authentic. 
For well, sure. that's good because it plays out in my career. It plays out in my personal life. You know, I mean, it's just something that brings me joy. So, um, yeah. I mean, you're a book publicist for goodness sake. Like that's right. what you do, right? Right. I connect the author to the media outlet and then mm-hmm. thereby connecting a reader to a great book that they would like to read. You know, I'm curious, what is like the thing that gets you the most excited about a book? Like, do you, can you see a book or read a book and say, this is going to be a bestseller? Mm. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, well, or maybe bestsellers to- aren't what get you excited. You know, I mean, maybe that's two questions, you know, like what gets you excited may not be the bestseller. Well, I can say what gets me excited is, um, you know, if I come across a query that comes into PR by the book, um, that really does touch on some of my personal interests, you know, mm-hmm. so that might be related to travel or, um, you know, in terms of novels, like I love just an easy breezy romantic comedy or, you know, mm. something that's just fun to sit and just check out mentally and read. Um, right. If it's, you know, something related to parenting or, um, you know, raising, raising kids, um, you know, those types of things very much interest me personally. I also just in general, really love working on lifestyle books also that can be anything from cookbooks to, um, you know, health and wellness, things like that. Um, I would never, ever say that I would be able to, um, to, to, look at a book and say, that's going to be a bestseller because Hmm. we never know, do we? We never know. And, you know, being in this business, I mean, from, from the time I started until now, you know, is, um, close to, you know, like 22, 23 years. And I've had situations many times in the past where I take on a, a project that I think will be a slam dunk, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of garnering media and garnering a certain type of media. And then it ends up, you know, for, for one reason or another, it might be a variety of factors. It could be the timing. It could be, you know, different things related to that. But for one reason or another, it's like hitting your head up against a wall, you know, trying <laughs> to get the media to say mm-hmm. yes. And then on the flip side of that, I've had several projects where initially I looked at it and thought this is going to be a decline. But then I talked to the author and, and something came out in that conversation and they almost sold themselves to me. And Mm. I thought, okay, this is worth, there's an audience out there for this. It might not be a massive audience, but there's the audience and I know where to find it. And, and then it ends up being, (laughs) being a runaway, you know, I mean, it's just, right. Yeah. And you almost turned it down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In that vein, what would you say is your greatest triumph? Do you have, or can you, can you drop names? I mean, is that allowed here? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you my, one of my first most exciting campaigns that I had was early on in my career. Um, and it really was a game changer and I can tell you why, but, um, it was a project that I took on that. Kind of like what we were just talking about. Um, one of my publisher clients at the time said, okay, we've got this concept that's coming out next year that I really want you to handle the publicity on. 
And it's going to be a Bible for teen girls. It looks like a fashion magazine. Oh my and gosh. I thought, oh <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> what are we going to do? And um, it ended up being a phenomenally successful campaign. And it was mm. really a fun campaign to watch of how media breeds media. Because mm. one of the very first hits I got was a review. And, and this is kind of a funny story to tell now that we're in 2020 because daily newspapers are totally different now. But one of the first media hits I got was a review and, and corresponding story in the Detroit free press, which the funny thing about that is there was no tie in to Detroit first. And oh, foremost. wow. Huh. And so it was a huge article that got picked up on the wire and got syndicated and ended up appearing in something like 35 newspapers within a few days. And that was the impetus for seeing this just go gangbusters, you know, wow. and there was a lot of top tier media hits to follow. And in the end, um, all of the impressions counted something like 750 media hits um, which would include all of those different daily news. I'm not talking about people that it reached. I'm talking about media hits. So, wow. right. you know, each radio interview is a, is one media. Yeah. Hit. Um, that's a lot. I mean, that seems to me like that's, that's pretty big. That's pretty broad. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was really fun because I was really early on in my career and, um, it really was an impetus for PR by the book really taking off with a lot of publishers at the time. And so that was really fun to see. Um, and, you know, we've worked on projects that um, we had some, some campaigns with Patagonia books that were really fun um, to, to see those play out and see that niche audience um, really build and become very much a very large audience, you know, um, from something that somebody might look at and go, Oh, you know, this is for, you know, mountain climbers, you know, or this is for surfers or whatever. There's not a huge audience, but, um, but to see those books hit really well, just because of media hits, um, wow. that we garnered. And yeah. so, you know, working on a lot of those books was really fun. We've had, um, cookbooks that, um, one of my favorite, um, cookbooks is, um, ready or not that, um, was written by, um, Michelle Tam who founded Nom, Nom Nom Paleo. And, um, that was really fun to play alongside that campaign because she's a master marketer and mm. she just really knew how to get the job done on her side of things um, with events and newsletter and recipes and doing a great television interview and all of those pieces that made our job really fun. Um, sure. Yeah. To able, you know, to get the corresponding media for, you know, I think that's a really important point for our author listeners you know, you don't just hire someone to do it for you and it's successful. Mm -hmm. It's really a group effort. And you've said a couple of things right now that I think are important to note. One, 
an author has to be really excited about their project and be able to pitch it in such a way that it gets other people excited. And I think that can be so challenging, that elevator pitch, but it goes beyond the pitch, you know, Mm -hmm. being involved and being on the ground and setting up those events. And so many times I see authors who are passionate about their project, but for some reason they don't realize they need to carry that through in everything they do. Yeah. And it's truly tough because at, at the point of having created the book at the end, they've already spent potentially years and years and years on it. Right. They're tired already. I am done with this. Just get it out. Yeah. I just want to pay someone else to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, that's interesting to look at it also because when they hire people like, um, you know, you all, if they're working on branding, building website, um, getting all their, their branding situated, and then they hire a publicist and you know, that, that stands to reason that you would be hiring someone to do it all for you, but it's really not when you look at Mm -hmm. it holistically that, you know, somebody comes to us and says, um, okay, I need these eight things handled (laughs) by PR by the book. And it's kind of like, well, we do four of those, but you know, these four are really your responsibility or they're your publisher's responsibility. Um, you know, because things like we don't go out and find the blurbs and we don't, um, submit for awards and we don't do very much event planning either. Um, but we're really focused on the media relations piece of it. So we're really focused on the publicity aspect of PR. So, um, you know, within PR, there are a lot of things that can fall under that. Um, but the publicity is really, you know, where we shine in terms of getting those, um, those media opportunities. And so, you know, there are some things that we do offer just so we can be kind of more of a one-stop shop, like social media, for instance, we do offer that, um, for the people who need it to complement their publicity campaign, but it's an Mm -hmm. add on service. You know, it's not something that we do for everybody. Sure. And um, so an author really does have to be ready to kind of do their part and, um, you know, really get in there and, and be present and respond and write a contributed article if needed and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. create engaging. content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have clear messaging. I think that's a big thing is clear messaging from the get go. Mm hmm. I I will say, you know, here I'm a branding and digital marketing strategist. And most of the time when someone first meets me, they know very little about me, but they've done just a little bit of research. They introduce me as a publicist. Hmm. This happens to me all the time. And I have to say, no, 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 not a publicist. (laughs) Not at all. Uh But people don't really understand what a publicist is. I think they think it's a marketer. The the publicist is the person who's going to do everything for you, right? Uh Not the case. Yeah. Well, I'm giggling because when I first started as a book publicist, my entire extended family thought I was a publisher. And oh, of they course. Say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I laugh at this. I'm like, oh my gosh, now that I know really what a publisher does, they were giving me a whole lot of credit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would always have to correct them and say, nope, not a publisher, <laughs> but a publicist. So yeah, I mean... Um, what was your question? <laughs> to no, I was just, I was, I was just commenting that, 
people just don't really know what a publicist is. And they certainly right. don't understand the, t- the difference between publicity and marketing. Mm, yeah. Well, I wrote an article years ago called The Publicity Puzzle that um, I would say was the most popular thing I I wrote um, as a publicist because it really took on a life of its own and it had several different reiterations out there. But it was essentially explaining what a book publicist is and does. And um, because kind of going back to our initial conversation, I mean, even me graduating from a university never even knew that that was a job for people. Like I didn't right. know that existed. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's understandable that people would need some education on that. Um, but, you know, basically, you know, in terms of what is a book publicist, I mean, we are out there trying to rally the troops on the media side so that we build interest around a person's brand, around their book, around their messaging, who they are, um, so that we can obtain those media opportunities for them, thereby getting them exposure in the media, Mm. which hopefully, you know, really gets them on a path to reaching their goals, whatever that might be. Some For some, it's book sales. For others, it's just increasing their name recognition or getting speaking opportunities or, you know, trying to find a publisher for the next book. I mean, it could be a wide variety of things. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, the goal is, is that the, the press that we're able to get for them, um, people call it earned media, that's a term, um, versus advertising. <laughs> which it is not. Um, and so, you know, through that earned media that they can um, work towards their goals, you know, right. right. It might be. So, okay, here's something that's ironic uh, on television. Whenever you see, whether it's a, uh, entertainment publicist publicist or a book publicist you they always depict i mean the television in hollywood always depicts publicists as this person who like manages the life Mm-hmm. of this talent, right? Mm-hmm. And the talent's always like super dramatic, like they're mm-hmm. an alcoholic or they're like something crazy is happening and they have to get them to the event and like, uh-huh. you know, ah. So mm-hmm. I guess my question is like, what's the craziest thing that you've ever had happen with a client? Mm. Okay, or if you can even share the tale. Well, <laughs> I'm going to have to think on that for a second, but I'll tell you that what it makes me think of is one of my favorite book series that I ever read because it was just so fun and easy breezy was a series called The Publicist. I've read it. Have you? (laughs) I love The Publicist. I absolutely loved that series. I thought it was fantastic. Well, and, and that is the, um, that's the that is so funny that giving like that's, <laughs> totally. the, that's that publicist's life and it's funny because i've seen a handful of hallmark movies or whatever kind of movie where there's a publicist and you're right i mean that person is like running around trying to it's get like the, the handler client, yeah trying to get the client's <laughs> life together and right. you know that's not what we do i mean that's we, not real <laughs> it's not and honestly you know for a celebrity, they do, celebrities do have publicists that travel with them mm-hmm. sometimes still. Um, but in the big scheme of things, when you look at the book industry and the book world, you know, it, it's, 
not so common anymore for an author to go on this, you know, 10 city book tour where they have to have a publicist coming along with them. So, you know, it's just most of the time our work is done in, in our office behind the computer on the phone, you know, that type of thing. Not very sexy. I'm just going to say. No, it's not. It's not running around in high heels and a, in a pencil skirt and you know. right as as one would think lots yeah. of sweatpants and hugs yes <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> yoga pants are all are the way yes <laughs> that's awesome yeah i sort of think of samantha jones on sex in the city you know mm-hmm. that's the, the the publicist i i forget what kind of a publicist she was but her life was very glamorous mhm mhm so I I never thought about being a publicist because for me, it just seemed almost heartbreaking that you just don't know how much success you're going to have. But I mean, that's publishing in a nutshell. Like you just don't know if this book is going to do well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we build brands and websites because we know that that there's Mm -hmm. going to be a website at the end of the project. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the goal is very simple. Whereas publicity is so almost ethereal. You just don't, you just don't know how it's going to go or how it's going to be perceived. It's like gambling. It's like gambling. I was going to say, we we live life on the edge, don't we? Totally. You do. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that, but uh, because it's probably best not to. (laughs) I'm not a risk taker by nature. You know, I'm just not like, that's not nobody that knows me would describe me as a risk taker, but, but to your point, you know, it going into each and every campaign, you don't know, you don't know what's going to come out, but you know, when I'm asked a question related to that, when I'm talking to potential clients, you know, I, I point towards the fact that number one, the people on our team all of our publicists, we're all very experienced. We've all been doing this for, you know, more than a decade. Um, Many of us, two decades. And so we don't have publicists on our team that, that just graduated from college and are trying to figure out how to, to get media hits. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I have confidence in the fact that if it can be done for a book, we can do it, you know, and, And that's the only question is, can it be done? Because we don't have control over the media, obviously. And we certainly don't know, you know, what the news cycles are going to be. And, you know, those are sometimes challenges for us as publicists. If all they want to talk about is politics and Trump Mm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. Super Bowl halftime show or whatever. It's like, you know, we're, we're trying to get a word in edgewise with our poor little author over here. And, you know, it sometimes it's just not going to happen because they're not Trump, you know? And so, you know, it is one of those things where we don't know exactly what will become of, become of it, but it's also really exciting because a lot of the people that we're working with, they're not celebrities and they don't have name recognition before they come to us. And so they come to us and we find their audience for them. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the exciting part of it is nobody knew about them prior to them working with us. And then we're introducing them to audiences of different shapes and forms, and thereby they're finding these readers that will discover them and buy their books and be their fans, hopefully. And so that's the exciting part of it. That is exciting. Yeah, because the readers are there. You're Uh just 
putting, you know, they're looking for those people. So you're bringing it to the readers. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had any, any campaign that was uh, either decimated by the news cycle or just completely caught fire because of what happened just fortuitously? Well, I will tell you four years ago, we had, we had, um, an author who had been given an opportunity for one of the national morning shows and, um, had, had gotten over to New York to be on good morning America and, and had a cancellation the day before because Mm. of, um, it was, it was during the presidential election season of the fall, which the funny thing is, it's like, it's, that is really an entire year now, you know, it's like, it's not even just October, November or whatever. Um, like it maybe used to be, I mean, you know, if it's an election year, it's, you're hearing it all year long. You know, I read, um, the skim each morning, um, to get my daily news. And it's a really fun kind of sometimes irreverent, um, news source, but it basically encapsulates the news of the day and quick little bites. And, um, and the lead story almost every single day is political. And to me, you know, that's a case in point that, you know, all year long, uh, and really it's been all for four years now, it seems like, um, you know, any, anything that's political will come first. But, um, on the flip side of that, if that has ever really helped and kind of been a game changer, I'm trying to think of an example related to that, but I can tell you that we've taken on books, um, because they, relate to, to politics. Um, and we knew it was timely. Um, and so, you know, that has, so for instance, right now we're working on a book called the GOP's lost decade and it's written by, um, a man named Jim Renacci. And, um, he was a congressman in Ohio and really got into politics for all the right reasons. Uh, he was a small business owner where, you know, some, some things politically had caused him to kind of have a crash with his business. And he just saw a lot of things that he could get in and help with. And so went into it, you know, with the best of intentions. And then as you can imagine, got in there and found how extremely frustrating it was to not be able to make things happen, you know, and after reading just the synopsis of the book, when it came across my desk, I almost started feeling like internal anxiety for him because Mm. I thought I could not last 24 hours in a role like Mm. that because I would just, my head would explode. I'm somebody who like, and, and it helps that I run my own business, but you know, I, I would have an idea and then I want to make it happen right then. Right. You know, I'm just like, I'm go, 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 go. (laughs) And, um, so, you know, I almost started to feel all this anxiety for him right away, but, um, but we took that book on because this is more of what we call an internally an experts campaign. So the book is already out. So it's not a book launch campaign. So he had a situation where the book came out last year, but there were some, situations kind of behind the scenes where they just didn't do any publicity outreach. And so, um, 
you hear those stories all the time, you know, sometimes yeah. something very common for sure. personal life or an illness or something in their family. And they just, they look up and that window has gone, has passed, but we call this an experts campaign because it's basically taking what that person has to talk about their expertise and finding those possibilities for them um, within the the media atmosphere for them to kind of come in and be a talking head. So what we know is that, you know, the media exists to, you know, entertain, inform, inspire, um, all of those things, um, their audiences. And so they're looking for people who can come in and fill those holes and be those talking heads, so to speak. And so his campaign is like that, where, you know, we knew that we were going to be able to find him opportunities um, mm-hmm. based on his experience, you know, what he had to say, what he has to say, um, and thereby what's in the book. But that's not what we lead with. We don't lead with the book when we're pitching him. We lead with the fact that, you know, don't you want to get a guy like this on on your show and be able to talk about the real kind of behind the scenes of right. what's going on in DC. I talk to my clients about this a lot. You know, are you selling you or your book? Mm-hmm. And and in this case, you're really you're you're promoting the author. He's the mm-hmm. the product, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the book is the business card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I right. have a question for you. When if 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 an author is seeking out a publicist, what should they have in place before they come to you? So one of a lot of the things that you all provide, <laughs> actually, um, <laughs> a really great website. Um, you know, they they have to know enough about when their book is coming out for us to be able to put together a timeline. So what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, if somebody comes to us and says, you know, I've got this book in my heart and I've now I've gotten it on paper, but I don't really know if I'm going to self-publish or try to find an agent or yada, 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 there's not a whole lot we can do at that point because we really need to understand the timing of when a book will be released to be able to put together a logical timeline and propose. What is that? What is the lead time, the ideal lead time for you from the date they retain you to the launch date? So if somebody is planning to have advanced review copies available, you know, we want to get those out four to six months prior to pub date and um, to meet that window of, you know, the book trade industry and other top tier media outlets that require that long lead time. So, um, and I would say in terms of the the clients that we work with, it's probably about a 50-50 split. Uh, 50% of the people do go that route and 50% of the people skip that step because they're self-publishing and they just go straight to short lead media outreach. And, and if that's the case, you know, we want to be working on a project, um, a minimum of two months prior to the publication date so that, because there's this runway that the things that have to happen between when we start and when the media starts hitting to the public. Um, and so it's, it falls in that range, you know, somewhere between two to six months prior to a book coming out is when we typically come on board. Now that's not to say that's when 
the contract is signed, a lot of our projects, the contract will get signed, you know, anywhere from one to three months before we're actually starting to work. On a well, project. you have to be able to schedule it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, I think this is a good lead in to talk about your author to influencer accelerator program. Can you talk yes. a little bit about that? We're so excited. Um, and you've participated. I'll tell people how in a second. But um, we this, <laughs> this idea came about a couple of years ago, um, really based on the fact that, you know, I was talking to people week in, week out that could not they were not in a position to hire a publicist, either it was budget or it was, you know, one reason or another, they just couldn't, you know, as much as they wanted to, it didn't matter what I would say they couldn't. And so we're always trying they to just didn't that. have the budget for it really. Right. Yeah. That's, that's typically the reason. So, um, you know, we started thinking about, well, I, what I was about to say is, you know, we do try to stay ahead of the curve of what's coming down the pike and staying relevant and all that good stuff. And so this idea started percolating a couple of years ago. And it was one of those things where (laughs) you're working so hard on everybody else's projects that you really don't sit and do the work that needs to happen for your own. And so we thought about it. We don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we don't know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. There's never been anything that falls under that category. For sure. But um, for a year and a half, we, we talked a lot about it and we, we had lots of thoughts about it, but it wasn't until about six months ago that we really sat down and started putting the pieces in place. And so Author to Influencer Accelerator is a membership community where people can come in and basically be set up for coursework um, throughout the life of, let's say, you know, we kind of think that in an ideal length of somebody being in the group would be about 12 months, but it takes somebody from preparation. We, we built um, a success path that has five steps. The first step is preparation all the way to the fifth step. That's promotion. Mm. And so um, the second is platform development. Um, product um, is in there and then planning and promotion. And so we spent a lot of time really distilling down what does an author need to know to, you know, ace it basically to go from start to finish and ultimately be able to handle their own promotion and not have to hire a publicist. And so I like to say that it's like getting an advanced degree in, in book publicity um, through this course. So people come in and um, they join um, with a monthly fee that's really inexpensive. And that we already have a library of resources already in the platform when people come in. We just launched a few weeks ago, but we had 10 lessons already in the platform um, for people to start learning. And mm. so, and they fall, the lessons fall into different categories. There's expert interviews, like I interviewed you on, mm-hmm, which was awesome. Website. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and then we have workshops that are led by me. So it's basically me teaching a class on a certain Mm. topic. Um, We have success stories where I talk to somebody who's really done things the right way in a certain area and how they benefited from that. um, So people can learn from that. We have member spotlights where we'll 
pull out a member and we'll talk about their particular situation and what oh, that's they a need great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. So then it's yeah. really the community piece of it is really mm-hmm. coming to life. Right. That's great. And, and then um, we also have office hours with me where it's basically an open office hour where people can come and bring their questions that if they were doing hourly consultation with me, I, w- I like to say that if somebody only used the office hour component of author to influencer, it'd it be totally worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's, that's just awesome. one offering. And so, yeah, we, we've launched it. Um, it's up and running. Um, every Tuesday, a new lesson is dropped. So for instance, today, um, we dropped um, our first in a seven part media training series. And um, so that's, that's fun and exciting. But we have topics that range from you know, the preparation that you need to do when your your book is just right there in your heart and you haven't even started yet to building up that platform and everything that entails. Um, and um, in terms of product, like making sure that your, your product is top notch. Um, one of my favorite topics related to that is, you know, something that's near and dear to your heart, which is book cover design and <laughs> having a stellar book cover. Um, and then we talk about all the planning that goes into what you need to do to execute that publicity campaign. So everything from building a tribe to setting up a virtual book tour or setting up a physical book tour, um, getting your social media, um, content ready to go. And then of course, under promotion, I mean, it's everything about knowing how to, to write the right pieces to get media attention to actually, you know, finding those contacts and how do you pitch in order to land those opportunities? Mm. So yeah, it's, um, that's awesome. A lot. That's Um, a lot of work. Good mm job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's ongoing work, but you know, we've been working on it for six months now. So we have a lot of content that's already ready to go. And, um, and then, you know, we're just staying engaged with our group all throughout the week and and talking. Oh, there's a private Facebook group also where we're engaging with everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so great because in, you know, we've been monkey see media has been in business for 16 years. And one of the things that makes me the most sad is I want to help everyone. You know, I want to answer all their questions and I want to guide them, but that doesn't mean it's always a good fit or they can afford us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having another option is just, it's a really beautiful gift to, Mm -hmm. to publishing and independent publishing in particular, which is, you know, what 1.2 million books were independently Mm -hmm. published last year alone. And that doesn't include the traditional market. So, you know, there's a massive market, you know, most people you meet have a book in them. Which leads me to my next question. Marika, do you have a book in you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. I like writing articles and that's as long at, as long of a form as I like writing. So short, <laughs> sweet, that. to the point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really, you know, um I'm verbose, but you know, I don't need to write a book. But you know, people have asked me that from my very, very early days as a book publicist, when I was a baby publicist, as I like. When to are you gonna write a book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean a baby publicist. So, 20 years now, people have been asking that question off and on. But no, like I said, I like writing, but I like writing press material and 
magazine articles and blog posts and things of that sort. And, you know, in and out, in and out. <laughs> well, you're to do, places to go. You're fast paced. Yeah, you always have been. You know, and I want to tell our listeners, Marika is actually going to be leading a panel and appearing at the San Diego Writers Festival on April 4th, the Coronado Public Library here in San Diego, and is also one of our advisory board members. We're super excited that you're coming out to the festival. I'm excited too. Yes. It's going to be it's awesome. Be a great time. So I have two final questions. One's a little longer. What are your top three pieces of advice for new authors looking to make their mark in the publishing world? Well, I would say first and foremost, um, to make sure that they're clear on their branding, mm -hmm. which um, people can work with you on that. Um, and really know, you know, who they are, who they're, they're wanting to reach and why, and why now, um, getting all very clear on those pieces. Um, and also, and in alongside that, this kind of falls under that number one still, it's like the genie with three wishes. Like I don't want to move on to number two yet. I'm still on. Number one. <laughs> um, so, along with that, you know, having a great website to display who they are and what their branding is, because what I always tell people is that, you know, we're really good at knowing how to pitch something and we have the contacts and we have experience doing that. But if we get if we get a, a journalist on the hook, so to speak, and they're interested, one of the first things they're going to do is go look up this person um, mm -hmm. for their website, their social media. And if it's not contemporary enough, clean enough, interesting enough, then our pitch sometimes could be just dead in the water because right. they're not, you know, displaying, they're not putting their best foot forward. Right. So, you know, all of that kind of needs to happen on the front end. Um, and, and moving into kind of the planning that they can do is just really figuring out what their goals are and, and what's next also, you know, so knowing what do they hope to accomplish with writing the book right. in the first place. Right. You know, what, where are they going next? What do they hope ends up happening from the publicity campaign? Um, you know, where do they see themselves going through, you know, the media opportunities that they get? And I guess my third one would be just making themselves accessible and easy to work with and engaging enough so that, you know, they can participate in mm -hmm. their publicity campaign. So whether that means being able to make themselves available for a, a broadcast interview or, you know, we get an opportunity for them to maybe contribute an op-ed somewhere, you know, being able to put that together. Or even as simple as, um, you know, we spend a lot of time reading through these media queries every day of things that people are writing about. So we find one and they're all very time sensitive and to just get a, a one or two sentence quote from a client to say, you know, what would you say about this particular topic in your own mm -hmm. words and having them mm -hmm. get that back to us quickly, you know, that's all part of, you know, making themselves available um, yeah. to, that's huge. to have a good publicity campaign. Yeah. 
I have so many authors who say, I don't want to have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's heartbreaking. And, you know, like Chad said earlier, they've, they've written the book. They feel like they've done the work. And then when I tell them, actually, the hard work is it's just, just starting. starting. Yeah, people are kind of shocked. But to be invested and be part of the process is the only way to make it a successful campaign. Right. Right. Because yeah. nobody can do their job for them, really, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes down to what their, their pieces, you know, I mean, we, we can't be them. We can't do the interview for them. We can't, um, I mean, we can kind of be the puppeteer behind the scenes and, you know, it's not to say that we haven't ghostwritten an article for a client here and there, um, or help them <laughs> develop you know, some social media content, but you know, it really needs to have their fingerprint on it for yeah, sure. For sure. All right. I get the final question. All right. What you got? <laughs> so last night, Jennifer and I were discussing um, Desert Island books and albums and what have you. And her premise is that the Desert Island book, it though it may not necessarily be the best book she's ever read, but it's going to be one that she could spend the rest of her life with. So it's not going to be War and Peace because who, who in the hell wants to read that over and over again? <laughs> so what are your three Desert Island books? Oh my goodness. Um, you should Only three. I know we totally dropped it. it. Well, that's not fun. is it? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to start with my favorite book that I read in 2019, which okay. was a book called you are my brother by Judith Knotts. And she is a columnist at the Austin American Statesman, which is the daily newspaper here in Austin and, um, writes about homelessness Mm. and her book was a compilation of her articles that have appeared over the years. And it absolutely changed my perspective on the issue of homelessness. Now you're stuck on a desert Island with this book. You get to read this over and over again. Yeah. But I could because, wow, wow. It's going to be good. Yeah. These are short, Um, they're, they're articles, you know, I mean, they're, they're 750 words or whatever, but you know, they, every time you read one of them, you can get a different perspective on the story. Mm, They're all real Mm -hmm. life stories. And so Mm -hmm. as I read it, I got chills. I imagined what this person looked like and what they might be feeling at that particular time. Um, so yeah, I feel like, I feel like I could read that over and over again. All right. Two more then. That's a great title too. You are my brother. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, okay. So how about I take along the publicist series? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a good, it's so fun. It's got romance. It's got that's excitement. Like, that's candy for your brain. It is though. But that's what I'm saying. If you're on a desert island, you need something that like, but is an can escape. you sustain your brain on candy? That was sort of our, yeah, the conversation <laughs> last night is, do you take something that's like a great literary work? Right. Which for me would be crime and punishment, not war and peace, just so we're clear. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and, um, you know, some of my favorite books that I think um, would be amazing um, as Desert Island books, and I'm not naming like one particular one, but um, are the National Geographic books Mm. that are full of the coolest 
little nugget, golden nuggets of trivia and information. And they're kind of for all ages, all different ages. Um, but yeah, those are super fun to just sit there and think, Oh my gosh, I had no idea that that was that. <laughs> um, so your Desert Island book is an encyclopedia set. Yeah, that's brilliant, actually. Basically. You got the whole right, world. All right, fine. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> that, that can, um, that can you just like short, easy to digest things. <laughs> right, because even if I'm on a desert island, I must have things that I have to do and that's get true. done, right? Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> You're still going to be productive. There's some fishing to be done. You're going to need to <laughs> yeah. feed yourself. There's some palapa building happening. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, um, thank you. Thank well, you so I much. Just, I was going to say that um, I was somebody was asking me recently about um, if there was a book or a series that I could remember literally like staying up throughout the night because I also like as busy as I am, I like my sleep. And so, you know, if I'm reading until one or two or three in the morning, I really like this book. It better and be I, a good book. Yeah. It, Better be. And the funny <laughs> thing was, is that the first thing I could think of was years ago when I was reading the Hunger Games series. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. could not put those books down to fall asleep. And when I finally would, and the funny thing is, is I was reading them prior to as, as basically um, to, to make sure that they were appropriate for my daughter at the time who was in middle school at the time. Mm-hmm. I believe. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to read it first just to make sure. And, you know, and I could not put them down. And when I would put them down and fall asleep, I would be replaying the scenes in my head, (laughs) you know, all night long, (laughs) which I don't know if that's good or bad, but. Right, right. Exactly. um, You find yourself standing in tribute for. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Volunteering as tribute over and over. (laughs) Well. Marika, thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to close with that you want to tell our listeners? Well, I definitely would love to tell them to go check out authortoinfluencer.com because all the good little nitty gritty nuggets are on there about, you know, for people who are interested in just learning the ropes and DIYing their, their publicity. Um, and then Also, you know, just really kind of leaving people with, I guess, a little piece of inspiration in that, you know, there's an audience for every book out there, in my opinion. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's one of the things that really stuck with me when I very, very, very first got into book publicity in my 20s and still sticks with me now that, you know, there there's a reader for every book. And mm. as publicists, our job is to find those readers through media outlets. And we take it seriously. You know, we put a lot of heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some days you got to have really thick skin as a book publicist. Um, right. But, you know, we, we like to be the little engine that could um, and just <laughs> keep, you know, chugging up that hill. Yeah. And, and yeah. finding that audience. Well, and we appreciate what you do. Yeah, I, we appreciate all the work you do for our clients. You know, it's funny, Chad and I have never talked about what we do in our day job, which is Monkey See Media and, and websites. But, you know, it's always such a good feeling when we finish a project and we get to send them to someone who we know is going to put the same love and attention and care into that, mm-hmm. that campaign. 
Well, thank you. Thank you yes, for, for your time. Absolutely. Anytime, so, you know, yeah. we can just talk and talk and talk. We totally could. We'll just have to go to dinner. We don't even need week. to record it necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> so you can learn more about Marika at prbythebook.com. Follow her on Twitter. Her handle is at Marika Flat. That's M-A-R-I-K-A. F-L-A-T-T. And again, check out her Author to Influencer Accelerator program at authortoinfluencer.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to subscribe and rate The Premise wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate your love. Until next week, thanks for listening. Are you an author with a story to tell? but you're just not sure how to get that story out? Guess what? You don't have to do it alone. Marnie Friedman is an incredible writing coach. She offers personalized support and expertise to guide you from a kernel of an idea to completion. Visit MarniFriedman.com to learn more. That's M-A-R-N-I-F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N.com. This episode is brought to you by Monkey C Media, a small boutique design firm offering award-winning websites, book cover designs, book trailers, and photography services. And full disclosure, we love what we do. Chad and I founded Monkey C Media in 2004, and we're still going strong. Visit monkeycmedia.com. That's M-O-N-K-E-Y, the letter C, media.com to see how we can help you promote your book, Build a powerful online presence. Mm-hmm. What else you got, Chad? Uh, let's see. We've got the San Diego Writer Festival. San Diego Writers Festival. There That's are many writers. <laughs> and they're a proud sponsor of our Premise podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be awesome. This year's keynote is Scott Gimple. He's the head writer of The Walking Dead. And the festival is free. It's open to the public. There's going to be educational panels and workshops, famous authors up-and-coming authors, kids and teen programming, and live theater performances. Oh, and there's music. Oh, and there's food. Oh, but wait, there's more. You also get a copy of our home game. Oh, you're silly. But wait, there is more. There will be literary agents taking pitches from authors looking to get their books published. The festival is about building community and celebrating storytelling of all kinds. It's happening April 4th, 2020 at the Coronado Public Library. Oh, 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 oh,